Welcome to Out and About, a forum about transgender issues in the news. I'm Melissa Lukes. Airbnb announced a sweeping new policy shift in an effort to address discrimination by hosts in its network of independently rented properties. In addition to creating a product team that will sniff out bias in host renting patterns and establishing a system for expediently relocating customers whose hosts treat them with bias, Airbnb now explicitly forbids hosts from rejecting a potential renter because of their race, color, ethnicity, national origin, religion, gender identity, sexual orientation, or marital status. Airbnb has drawn criticism from LGBTQ users who've been denied accommodations when they've come out to hosts in pre-rental chats. In 2015, an Airbnb host refused to rent to a trans woman. I have a 13-year-old boy. I don't want him to feel any discomforts in his own home, the host wrote. It took the company over a year to respond to that complaint and remove the host from its system. Another host in Austin, Texas, told a gay man looking for housing during this year's Pride celebration that he wouldn't rent to LGBT people because, quote, I do not support people who are against humanity, unquote. These hosts would now be in direct violation of Airbnb's new policy, which promises to take enforcement measures up to and including suspending the host. Since a good portion of Airbnb hosts are renting out shared spaces or private rooms with shared living areas rather than empty properties, in New York State that's nearly 45% of all the rentals, the issue of gender discrimination is complicated. Hosts may not want to share bathrooms or bedroom walls with strangers of another gender for reasons of perceived safety or general comfort. For this reason, Airbnb's new policy does allow hosts renting shared properties to refuse to rent to users of a different gender. If they're renting an entire house or unit, they can't discriminate by gender, and for good reason. They'll never even have to see the renter if they don't want to. Though Airbnb doesn't use the word transgender specifically anywhere in its policy, it does specifically use the term gender identity, implicitly acknowledging that gender is whatever an individual says it is. It's not the same as biological sex. In other words, hosts who are cisgender women cannot refuse to rent their guest rooms to trans women, and cis men with a shared basement can't deny service to trans men. The term cisgender refers to people who identify as the same gender as their anatomy at birth. The trial over a North Carolina law restricting restroom access for transgender people is being pushed back by several months, said attorneys challenging the law. U.S. Magistrate Judge Joy Elizabeth Peake granted a request from the state's Republican leaders to delay the North Carolina trial, while the U.S. Supreme Court considers whether to hear a Virginia case on transgender restroom access. James Essex, an ACLU lawyer on the team representing the three transgender residents, said the judge's order means the case will be pushed back from its November trial date until May 2017. Justice Department spokesman David Jacobs also confirmed in an email that the trial was being delayed until May. The so-called HB2 law requires transgender people to use restrooms in schools and many other public buildings that correspond with the sex on their birth certificate, not their gender identity. Passed in March, it also limits other discrimination protection for LGBT people. The state's Republican governor and legislative leaders argue that the law is needed to protect privacy and safety by keeping men out of the women's restrooms. 
The transgender residents challenging the law say restroom safety is protected by existing laws, while the North Carolina measure is considered harmful and discriminatory. The transgender plaintiffs in the North Carolina case received a favorable ruling when a judge ruled recently that they must be allowed to use restrooms conforming to their gender identity at the University of North Carolina campuses. They have asked an appeals court to expand the scope of the ruling to all transgender people in the state, not just those involved in the lawsuit. Following recent decisions by the NBA, NCAA, and ACC basketball leagues to move games out of North Carolina because of this law, there has been talk among Republican leaders about changing it. As of now, however, nothing has changed and the law remains in effect and the court case I just discussed is proceeding. An important fact that is rarely recorded or reported regarding this issue is the use of women's restrooms by transgender women has never resulted in any harm to anyone, and that's anywhere in the United States. Transgender kids entering puberty will now have a new clinic they can go to for coordinated care. When the Seattle Children's Hospital opens its gender clinic, it will be among only a handful of hospitals in the country to do so. Doctors there already have been offering some of these services, but the new clinic will be providing coordinated care for transgender youth. Ty Jordan has been seeking treatment at Seattle Children's Hospital for about three years now. The 18-year-old was born female but identifies as a male and is now on cross-gender hormone treatment. He says a simple visit to the doctor can cause great anxiety in transgender youth. You're looking for care and you don't know if these doctors are going to be inclusive or wondering if these doctors are going to out you or say the wrong name in the waiting room or use the wrong pronoun, said Jordan. If you have a gender clinic that is specifically for gender identity and for you, you feel more in charge of your health care. A staff of seven health care providers will offer coordinated medical care, including puberty blockers, cross-gender hormone therapy, and mental health support to both adolescent youth or kids entering puberty. That means kids as young as age 8 and up to the age of 21. Offering those services through pediatric care allows patients to start treatment early enough for the best cosmetic outcome, reducing chances of discrimination and allowing for better integration into society. Director David Breland says this is evidence-based treatment. Researchers at Seattle Children's conducted a study that showed a need for trained medical personnel and coordinated care for transgender youth. Administrators say the gender clinic will have a soft opening this fall. That's all we have time for today. I'll be back soon with more news about transgender issues. If you'd like to contact me or have news items you'd like for me to discuss on Out and About, feel free to email me at wnhhmelissa at yahoo.com. I'll also be starting a new talk show soon about things going on in our area and about LGBT issues. If you have suggestions for that show, also please let me know. My email address again is wnhhmelissa at yahoo.com. This is Melissa Lukes. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk with you again soon.